Welcome to episode 18 of Rankin Review, Bad Trips. This episode, my returning guest Kevin Stiller and I will discuss six films on the subject of people going to places they shouldn't and having terrible, terrible consequences as a result. As usual, there will be some harsh language this episode, as well as some spoilers. So if that troubles you, uh, listen no further. If that doesn't, I think you're in for a treat. Welcome to episode 18 of Rankin Review, Bad Trips. I'm your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons. Thanks so much for listening. This will be episode 18. 18 of Rankin Review with my returning guest, Mr. Kevin Stiller. Hello. Thank you so much for coming back again. The last time we were here... Uh, well, I guess last time we were here, we weren't here. We were at your place. But the last time we did this, we uh, did horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time we chose a much darker path for you. Uh, <laughs> it was dark. Bad trips. Uh, I know I suggested uh, Triangle to you because you really enjoyed uh, Christopher Smith's oh, yes. Severance same last director, time. Right, same writer-director yeah. as that. Um, was that the main reason you chose Bad Trips? You know, the main it... reason I chose Bad Trips was was the movie Wrong Turn, although it turns out this is not the wrong turn I was thinking of. Uh, what is the movie with Lily Sobieski, uh, Steve Zahn? And... Joyride. There we are. That's the movie I was thinking of. Oh, so you got a whole different... So I got a, a whole new batch of movies I hadn't seen before. You, had, you hadn't seen any of them before? None of them, no. no. Yeah. Uh, you're still talking to me, so obviously <laughs> this is not too much damage done. No, no. There were some that I liked, uh, some I didn't like, and... Uh, and some in between? Some in between, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, well, how about we... Uh, go through the list of movies. What are we going to be talking about? What are the six movies we're talking about today, Mr. Stiller? Okay, so we're talking about uh, Vacancy, starring Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale. Yes, um, directed by Nimrod Antal. Uh, The Ruins. uh, It's based off of a very popular novel from the author who also wrote uh, the book of... uh, a Simple Plan, oh, which really? was made into a Sam Raimi movie. Oh, cool, cool. I've read neither of the books, but I've seen both of the films. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and produced, interestingly, by uh, Ben Stiller. I've been meaning to ask you this. Are you related in any way? <laughs> uh, I will neither confirm nor deny. Because oh, I think he'd make an interesting guest on the show anyway. Uh, if, I could, if I could contact him, because I have the same last name, <laughs> it might it might be a little bit more than that. You got an in. with him. <laughs> I have an in. You can ask him why did he produce the ruins? <laughs> it seems so different than his typical fare. 
tell you what, next family reunion, if he shows up, I will, I will bring it up. That is all I ask. <laughs> Uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, from 2006. This is directed by Alexandre Alja. He also did the remake to Piranha. And he that did was a remake? Piranha was a remake? Piranha was a remake. From, yes. from a 70s movie? Correct. Or? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he directed uh, Kiefer Sutherland movie called Mirrors. And oh. he did a, a few French films. Uh, one that was discussed on my show called High Tension. Okay. Uh, I think he, he knows his genre, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, then we, this brings us to Triangle, Michael Dorman. Triangle. Um, uh, Christopher Smith. Oh, wrote sorry, Christopher Smith. Sorry, yeah. yeah he wrote and directed. No, he was an actor. Yeah, yeah, he was an actor in it. And uh, Melissa George. Melissa George, very attractive, very talented mm-hmm. uh, a British actress who we get to see in not one but two of these films. That's right. Uh, Touristas is the next one. Yeah. Um, just one of... This is not exactly a big uh, advertising to go be a tourist in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it sort of covers similar ground as like Hostel did, but I, mm-hmm. I think in a more serious way. Way, or at least I they try so. to. Plays it a little bit more straight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, this brings us to the. Uh, wrong turn. The wrong turn. Also known as Not Joyride. Not Joyride. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Eliza Dushku. Yes. And uh, the actor played played Quinn in. Desmond uh, Harrington. Dexter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's sister shows up in there, too. Oh, yes, That's yes. A, that's a that's an interesting, bizarre little, you know, inbred redneck, unkillable hillfolk people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of that genre, that, that <laughs> you know, niche of that. unkillable redneck. You almost got two of those, really. I yeah, do think really. that uh, uh, Hills Have Eyes, Hills have eyes and, and uh, Wrong Turn are similar yeah. pedigree. <laughs> well, well. Um, uh, my original thought was that we could maybe do this during a car trip, but uh, yeah. circumstances is not dictated that that was possible. Those are circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready to dive into this and uh, look at some bad trips? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> Your <laughs> right. enthusiasm is infectious. No, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. No, uh, I will dive in, All and right. I will explain why I'm scared in, in a minute. But uh, let's, uh, let's discuss uh, vacancy. Let's do it. This isn't the interstate. I took a shortcut. To where? How can I help you folks? Do you know a garage? Not this late. Meanwhile, I'm wide open here. I'm sleeping in my clothes. I'm gonna sleep in my shoes. Never should have gotten off the interstate. This looks like a real library of classics. Can you turn that off? David? Movista. I I don't know. Is that this room? It sure looks like it. Okay, so, uh, Vacancy. Vacancy. Uh, as you just mentioned, this is a, uh, would you call it a thriller or a horror movie? I don't know, it sort of rides the edge there. Yeah, yeah. Um, starring Kate Beckinsale, total hottie, and uh, Luke Wilson, who usually is sort of the rom-com type of guy. But here he is. And uh, the interesting, I think, actor, uh, Frank Whaley. Uh, yeah. He's got this weird... He, he's just sort of this small, sort of 
almost kid-looking guy. Yeah. He never seemed to have fully grown up into himself, but he's a really good actor, and if put in the right role, I think can be quite uh, quite solid. Well, Swimming with Sharks, yeah. that's him, right? Yeah. The immortal classic uh, career opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has a small but important role in, uh, I think, the fairly underrated Danny DeVito biopic of Hoffa. Oh, um, huh. there's he, he's he's been around, and he you know typically he'll have smaller supporting roles, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I like him. Here he plays the uh, the proprietor of a motel. Yeah, that uh, it basically exists to create. Uh, um, snuff porn. Snuff really. porn. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not really sure how it exists day to day, but every once in a while they will draw in a couple. In this case, Luke and Kate, uh, who um, basically get terrorized. Yeah, uh, the, the, we meet this married couple. Although you get the impression that they're getting towards the end. Yeah, of their <laughs> this is the end. They of their are marriage. not getting along very they're well. They're a bickering couple, and they're on the verge of divorce. <laughs> And they're traveling one last trip together in the middle of the night, and they are forced. Well, they decide to decide to try and keep driving, and uh, a lot of other uh, uh, things sort of convince them <laughs> they need to get off the road, and they choose the wrong hotel, <laughs> the worst hotel ever. Um, I think, because we know that this movie is a horror movie, we know that when we meet Frank Whaley's character, he's likely not on the level. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, like you say, the proprietor of this really dingy, you know roadside uh, hotel and uh, it doesn't look particularly well cared for mm-hmm. but he's got this weird desperation to him he mm-hmm. seems to really want their business and be you know <laughs> putting up a bit of a, a bit of a tap dance for them and his nervous energy sort of adds to it uh, uh, people could argue I guess that the pace is somewhat slow at first but uh, I don't think this is a wall-to-wall uh, you know slam bang thriller I think this sort of wants to scare you as much as it wants to you know bring the red yeah, it basically draws you in. Bas- you basically this couple they check in, and they f- I don't know how, how much of the plot do we want to give away. They well, I make a spoiler warning. Oh. So whatever we want to bring up uh, within the context of the review, um, people listening will by now should understand <laughs> that uh, yeah we we use naughty language and we do talk about spoilers if we yes. feel. We say uh, cunt, and we tell people exactly what happens in the movie. Yeah. So they find a videotape, and they find a previous occupant of uh, previous occupants of the hotel being terrorized, and they realize that that's exactly what's going to happen. It's in the same room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting on a couple of levels. I mean, you've got sort of the voyeur found footage angle. There's been increasingly horror movies that will use the found footage sort of treatment in small measures, uh, and that's what those little videos, those VHS tapes, feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they made a real attempt to try and bring those off as fairly realistic. And, yeah, there's a VCR and a bunch of dusty old VHS tapes left in their room. And I think that they were left in the room on purpose. I oh, think absolutely. That it was yeah. part of the torment. That yeah. they would be bored and miserable in this hotel room and put in a tape just out of sheer boredom. <laughs> and then realize that they just curled up in a spider's web, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the strange genres where, uh, like, uh, in many ways, well, well, there's a few of these movies. But this is definitely one of those genres that it's... The, the the protagonists sorry the antagonists really want to mess with the people's heads they they really want to 
create fear and 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 uh, enjoy that fear enjoy uh drawing out fear in uh, and in part of it is for their own sort of sick we're crazy enjoyment but part yeah, of yeah. it i think is like making a quality video whoever they're selling this to you know I imagine some weird, you know, German Euro trash uh, guy who comes up to pick up the tapes every now and then. Oh, there's an audience for this. There it is. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know why they would just, well, I guess there's lots of reasons why you wouldn't just upload it on the internet. Oh. But I wouldn't obviously last very long as a snuff film producer. I just haven't thought it out. <laughs> but uh, well, And then you got to get the sets and the plots and the, and the props and... It's, it's, it's really a lot of as simple as it sounds. Uh, I, one thing I think I'll say about the film too that that hotel set is is pretty solid as far as uh, it's a place that is both familiar and vaguely eerie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is that sort of used quality to every hotel room. But the dingier that it is, the worse that feeling is. You sort of you get the feeling like I paid money to to sleep in this room that has been slept by a different person every night. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I just rented a dumpster and I'm mean, gonna curl up and sleep in a used condom. I almost know? guarantee that at least one person has died, whether through natural causes or sinister means. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the plot a little bit more. Um, basically, they realize they're in danger and, um. I guess try to Escape. not die. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's it. Uh, basically, once the once they realize the great danger that they're in, that's when the the movie goes from slow burn to pretty high levels of tension. Like the mm-hmm. last at least half an hour of the movie is fairly relentless mm-hmm. and uh, fairly well executed. Mm-hmm. I am suspicious, however, that if we had a weaker cast and a less sort of polished production, that this would be quite as effective. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's also an air of familiarity to this. I mean, I couldn't tell you an exact movie like this, but the dynamics of a couple who aren't getting along, who grow closer together after a very horrifying misadventure, Mm -hmm. has been done, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, yeah, since we have a whole subset of journeys, they get sort of (laughs) led off into uh, horrible directions. Obviously, road trips run awry, and no new ground either. Uh, So what it lacks in, in... newness it sort of makes up within craft i mm-hmm. think i think so i think so it's 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 one of those m- movies that every once in a while you kind of wonder why they make the decisions they make the 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 characters in the movie why they do that but then again horror movies exist because of bad decisions i mean that's really <laughs> the bottom line if people just didn't just decide well i'm gonna open that door i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go there I don't know if we would necessarily have horror movies. So there were a couple of times I thought, oh, please don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Honestly, in most scenarios, and this one is, is no real exception, if you run fast in one direction for long enough, uh, you'll be away from danger. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have had a horrible night sleeping in a ditch somewhere, <laughs> hiding from these people, but really, leaving the property would be a really good first step. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the movie does bend over backwards to try and keep them there, and like you say, there are a few hits you got to take in the logic department, but there was no time I really felt myself slapping my forehead and going bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah you, could, you could, you could, definitely justify the decisions because they're scared. Yeah. I mean, even yeah, even uh, even if you think, well, if I was in that situation, I would have done this. You got to remember that they're thrust into this situation. They've just seen other people in the hotel room being killed. 
they're maybe not thinking exactly as, as clearly as they might. I, I still think they should have picked up a weapon at some point. But <laughs> other than that, other than that, uh, uh, they, they, it brought the fear and it, it kept the movie going. I like that they were relatively normal folk, except for, of course, Kate Beckinsale is ridiculously hot. Well, there's that. <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, they don't have that character who just knows all the angles and is super tough yeah. and, and, and is gung-ho, you know, to get into the battle. These guys are thrust into the situation and just have to do their best to survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it works well enough. I, I mean, so. it's... A, I don't know how long it'll stay with you. It feels sort of like one of those thrillers that you kind of forget as you watch. But I don't regret my time spent with Vacancy. It's fairly efficiently executed. It's like, I think, less than 90 minutes. It's, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it it drew me in and uh, it, uh, it brought the thrills. So, yeah. This feels weird, Jack. Why won't they come near us? Wow. It's beautiful. Something's on me. They won't let us leave. Why are they doing this? Got something to do with the ruins. Get off me! It's inside me. I want to cut it. I'm not okay. I keep okay. I'm not okay. Why won't you look at me? Okay, uh, now we are going to talk about the ruins. Yes. Um, this is about a group of attractive young folk that are visiting Mexico and decide that they need to go off the beaten track and have a little adventure on their own. Yes. Which in horror movies is just always a bad idea. And here's the thing, is that this is this is why this genre is a little bit personal to me, is because that's what I like to do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've traveled a little bit, uh, I've seen a bit of the world... And yeah, I tend to. I don't want to go where all the tourists go and buy the same exact memento that every other tourist gets. I want to walk off the trail and go find my own memento. So suddenly I find myself (laughs) on the side of a mountain, sleeping in the middle of a jungle. And not knowing where I am. So, so I've, I've done something similar to these. And then with vacancy as well. I mean, I grew up going on road trips with my parents, so I know what it's like to be two in the morning in the middle of some bunghole motel <laughs> just wondering why am i here and what will happen to me if i fall asleep <laughs> can i sleep on this warm bed of cockroaches <laughs> is it safe is it safe do you think uh the film's directed by carter smith uh, i think this is his first uh, feature and there's a new one coming out right away but i have not seen it um i think he did a fairly solid job in the directing i don't have a lot of complaints about that yeah. Um, and the the screenplay is adapted by uh, the author of the novel on which it is based, and his name is wait for it Scott mm-hmm. B Smith. Um, and apparently there were actually some not insubstantial changes in the script. Uh, just to go back to the plot, just so we can orient everyone, um, we got two couples and sort of a, a hanger on really um, that decide that they're gonna go off the beaten path and find these titular ruins yes and uh hang out maybe camp out and 
see what they can see. Yes. The trick is, is that once they get to said ruins, the locals seem to really not want them to leave. <laughs> In fact, they make it impossible for them to leave. If they get too close to the locals or too far out of those ruins, they will be killed brutally. So all they can do is sort of stand at the top of this, these stone structures and wait for rescue that will not come. <laughs> That's just not and try to figure out what the what is exactly up these people's ass? Why won't they let us leave? And uh, that discovery is sort of the slow unspooling of the movie. And mm -hmm. uh, it's bad news for everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what did you think of the ruins? Um, I found it disturbing. Um, I found that there were some, some scenes and some moments there um, that really grabbed me, that really startled me. And also, um, I guess this, I guess really kind of a slow build. You sort of realize what's going on and you realize the danger these, these characters are in. And the sort of desperation that you're going to get yeah, out of yeah. these people. Yeah, yeah. Because, because it's something that kind of, kind of is in this genre, just in general, um, is a sense that there's really no, uh, no peace. There's, there's no, there's no safe moments like like in in uh, in the in the original in the first series that I did the first set that I did there was scare and then there was ah oh, we're safe there's yeah. scare and then we're safe whereas a lot of these movies there's they don't let you feel safe there's either. there's really there's really none of that there's no. there's this you're in the situation it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and there you either live or you die yeah and that, and that's really sort of this genre in a nutshell and this one is definitely one of those ones where it's not like suddenly they're going to be safe again. It's just, it's just well, how how horrible things will get before they go home or before they die. Yeah. Well, there's the enemy without and the enemy within, so the <laughs> distinction. And this movie kind of has both. There's a very direct threat in that if they leave, they will be shot. If they like a, a, a kid is gets his head blown off in front of them trying to leave, <laughs> like they know that, that that's not a real viable option. They could try to make run for it, but chances are they're just going to get killed. <laughs> so basically, days start going by, and as the time goes by, and as they realize what these ruins really are and what's happening. Uh, not only do they have to deal with the locals and with this bizarre plant mm -hmm. that's sort of growing around the ruins and causing all sorts of problems, but they also have this psychological deterioration that starts to happen. Well, and uh, that's the other great thing about these backpacker traveling stories is that you wander in sort of confident, I ruin this, I, I rule this place, there's, there's nothing that uh, I can't handle. And you find out very quickly that there's actually seriously... <laughs> lots of things that you can't handle at all. The second you lose your passport or the second, you know, you find you're in a place you can't leave, um, well, just you realize, even, I'm I'm so far from home that it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, even, even just the communication problems where it's like, wh what's wrong? What, what's, uh, what can we do to make this right? Nothing. And there's just the language nothing. barrier there yeah. too, which uh, get, doesn't get used in a lot of these movies, but I think is an important one that you're in de desperate straits. You know, your life is at stake and you find someone who could help you possibly but you don't speak the language, so you have to do this absurd mime show trying to explain, you know, yeah. what's happening. And plus they're in this situation where it's like they have to make these decisions and 
they make some wrong well they make some wrong decisions or like what is the right decision what do we do in this situation you know um, like you know basically these plants start taking over and uh, it's like you get infected by these plants yeah. and they start growing in you yeah and uh, they want to consume you and once you die the, the vines will actually coil up the bodies and, and drag them away um, so yeah, the horror within is very literal in that. Uh, the level of ick in this movie is <laughs> substantial. Uh, people cutting into their own arms and legs to try and get either real or imagined uh, plants out of themselves, and uh, you know the kind of very real damage that does to <laughs> a body is they don't flinch in this movie. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, it definitely keeps you in an uncomfortable place for a really long time, mm -hmm. um, and it's doing what it wants to do, but it might hurt the rewatchability for me <laughs> as far as, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like watching The Ruin. <laughs> let's, let's throw in some popcorn, let's invite some friends over and watch The Ruin. <laughs> I just want to see that suffering again. No, it was horrifying. And, then, and that's to its credit, I would say. It, it definitely, it definitely brought that. It like by the end of the movie, I hated these plants. <laughs> I was genuinely hating them for a while. I was like, really, it's a strange, horrifying plant. But by the end, I really hated. I really hated them. Yeah. So so. Thumbs up to that. <laughs> oh, and the outrage of the initially of the, of the community around the ruins that just wouldn't let them leave. Uh, they just seemed to be acting so unreasonably <laughs> and so evil, but mm. they were really trying to protect themselves and, in theory, the rest of the world, mm. right, from this place sort of growing outward. Um, anybody who would get quote-unquote infected and leave could cause problems elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that was their motivation. It wasn't just bloodlust. <laughs> uh, some interesting people to talk about in the cast. We've got uh, Canadian Sean Ashmore, who's in the... Uh, X-Men movies, and That's he uh, also he shows up. Right? Yeah, he was oh, the okay, X-Men. Uh, he, he also shows up in lots of horror movies, although he has a real hard time making it to the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> but he must like the genre, or else have a good agent, because I've seen him in a few of these uh, movies, and yeah, typically it involves cruel fate of some kind <laughs> or another. Uh, you were also mentioning Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone, yes. Uh, she's been an, an actress since she was uh, just a, a child mm -hmm. and uh, has been, you know, making the transition from child actor to adult actress. Yeah. Um, and uh, she seems to take herself very seriously. <laughs> uh, um, she, she, you know, wants to present herself as a, you know, Jodie Foster type of an actress, but she keeps on taking these sort of... Uh, Sucker Punch and uh, the Ruins roles where she's kind of the hottie in peril. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I do think she has the goods, but I think she got most of her better roles when she was a teenager or younger. Well, we'll see. <laughs> she's in the up-and-coming uh, Hunger Games sequel, oh, so yes. this may be a launching point for her. <laughs> she's talented. No, no, and I don't think she's untalented. Uh, just, uh, I, it's one of these people that I've sort of been watching grow up. Mm -hmm. I think we're fairly similar in age, and she's been in movies pretty much as long as I remember going to theaters. I'll, every now and then I'd bump into Jenna Yeah, there she is. <laughs> and I do recall liking her. I do recall enjoying her performances. Um, overall, uh, is this a good horror movie? Yes, it is. Would I recommend it to anyone? 
Maybe I wouldn't. I think that this is definitely for the hardcore horror fans. This is not a PG affair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not warm tinglys. You're not going to sort of uh, feel uplifted yeah. <laughs> by this film. Um, but it is very well done. And it does, like I say, it accomplishes what it set out, sets out to do. So um, mm-hmm. if if this is your... It's not quite to the area of torture porn, but if you can handle a very visceral, very intense, violent movie, then by all means, watch The Ruins. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you're thinking, no, I don't think I like real strong levels of violence, well, maybe you want to go back to vacancy. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's got its ugly corners too, but I think it's all in all... A little bit more of a friendly, <laughs> a friendly experience. You know what I do when I have a bad dream? I close my eyes and I think of something nice. So let's go sailing. Winds dropped out on us. Get below deck now. Get the life jacket. Oh, thank God. Hello? Where is everybody? You enter a place you have never been. I recognize this corridor. Everything you see... All right, well, um, the last episode that you and I did together on horror comedy, you rated as, I think, number one. Second. Number uh, two. Number two, yeah, Severance. Uh, Severance. Uh, Christopher Smith wrote and directed this sort of bunch of office workers getting hunted in the woods movie. Um, and when you were looking around for your round two, I, I, I was wondering, well, and I throw you another Christopher Smith movie. I'm a big fan of his. And uh, this movie fits in our bad trips <laughs> a subset of films. And uh, it stars Melissa George as a troubled mother who goes on a boat ride to sort of help uh, blow off some steam and ease her mind. And um, they set sail into the Bermuda Triangle and meet some inclement weather and end up finding themselves stranded on a seemingly deserted uh, cruise ship. A ghost ship of sorts. Um, And from there, things spiral more and more out of control. Okay, so when I I reviewed Severance, I I was particularly impressed by Christopher Smith's craftsmanship. That, That I felt that everything on screen felt deliberate and felt that the, that he was in control, that that he knew what he was doing, that each image, each angle was purposeful. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that kind of director is needed for a movie like this because this is one of those movies where it's it's a puzzle. It's it's pieces fitting together. It's uh it's a trick, it's a trap, it's a it's a way to mess with your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 well shot, it's well done, and um, and I think he's the director for this. I don't know if he wrote the screenplay yeah, or not. That's cool. okay. I think at okay. least, yeah, written by Christopher Smith and directed by Christopher Smith again. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just one of those movies where um, it's hard to describe. I mean, I, like, <laughs> I really don't want to give anything away, 
But it's, it's a hard one. This is one of those ones that's tricky to talk about. And what I will just say to people listening, if you're curious about Triangle, watch the movie before you listen to this review because it's really hard to explain the movie without kind of untying the knots that it's threading here. And uh, it's really good. I, I think this is an underseen film too, so a lot of people will go into it not understand or not knowing what the twist's going to be. Mm-hmm. Which is the way you want to see this movie. Yeah, exactly. I, I really didn't. I don't think I even read the back of the box before watching the movie. And just the feeling, it, it's, well, it's definitely one of those movies which, which, which creates a, a sense of unease, a sense of eeriness, a sense of confusion. Much like Severance, you can tell something bad's going to happen long before anything bad happens. It's just in the air. Yeah, you can feel it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and with this one, it really takes that to the nth degree. I mean, it's a situation where once you once you realize what's going on, it's all, it's probably worth watching again just to see how all those things play out. But uh, he really foreshadows at this at the same time as as it's a mystery that that he's building that he's created. It's 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 a really well crafted story and it's really mentally disturbing. <laughs> Basically, they they get on a ghost ship and and things just get stranger and stranger. Uh, there's this sense of um, feeling the, the 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 main character. She feels like she's been there before. Deja vu, yes. Yeah, and 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 again to to Chris Christopher Smith's credit, there's there's just. The way he directs it and the way he he stages some of his his scenes, you really feel there with the characters. You feel you feel um, you su- feel surprised and confused and shocked. You again, I, right don't, I don't want it to spoil anything. <laughs> but well, again, uh, I think at some point we're going to have to get past the vagaries of this <laughs> to get into the meat because otherwise, I mean, there's not a lot to discuss in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Right? Okay, <laughs> all right. So the, I'll give you the bare bones because actually a lot of the stuff was worth discussing. Like, does this make 100% sense to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's a Bermuda Triangle thing or if it's about sort of the psychological place that this woman is. I, I'm thinking it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, once they get on board this this huge uh, cruise ship that it's seemingly abandoned, they very quickly get uh, picked off one by one by an assailant on board. And uh, just when things don't seem like they could get any worse, we restart. <laughs> We go back to them sh- showing up on the boat, and a loop is starting, and every time it's a little bit different. And where the problem starts, and I guess this is the question I'll have to ask you, I don't know if it's a problem or not, but Melissa George is kind of confronted by her other self, and basically instructed that she needs to kill this new batch of people entirely, or she's never going to be able to leave. And so the second round begins, this time with Melissa George as the killer. Mm-hmm. And then round three, and then round four, and things just get exponentially crazier as things go mm-hmm. on. Um, so, is she mad? Is this something that literally happened to her? Is it all in her head? Uh, did her was her former self the first time in the loop really her former self? Like, I don't know how this all completely fit, fits together, but it works well enough for me that it kept me, uh, you know 
wanting more and wanting more to be revealed. And uh, when we get to the ending, uh, and, and sort of the loop starts anew, we kind of... Uh, <laughs> it, it sort of leaves us at the beginning. And it, I don't know if that's satisfying or dissatisfying from the audience perspective. Well, this it's movie is just a is series of, of, of never-ending circles. If you want to be unsettled, then, then, that's, <laughs> what, then that's what you get. Um and yeah, I mean, even I know, you know, watching the movie and feeling, you know, knowing that I was getting towards the cinematic end of the movie, right? And just feeling like, is this going to resolve? Yeah. At all? Is this going to make me feel good, or is this going to feel like it's going to have a satisfying ending, or well, is this just yeah, going to keep going, <laughs> just keep, keep going? going? Uh, it's not quite like a, a, one of these time travel movies where uh, it doesn't all completely hold together necessarily either, because this is like not necessarily a time loop. This is some sort of magic, you know, Bermuda Triangle it's thing. Some, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like uh, the timelines. It's not a timeline scenario. Uh, it's like, what does she need to do to get herself or as many people off of that ship alive and not start the loop again? Yeah, I, and. We don't really know if she can or does, or I don't know. <laughs> um, my interpretation, and I do think this is my interpretation, is that sooner or later the loop is going to start again. Uh, it's sort of how long she can <laughs> she can push it before the loop starts again. And the farthest point she pushes it is what leads to a car accident, uh-huh. which causes the death of her son. Right? And... So when we see her at the beginning of the movie, the the first movie, what we don't know is it's not the beginning of the first movie. It's, it's the same as the end. This has been going on when for a while. When she walks up that dock, she's walking away from that car accident and getting back in the boat with a purpose to start the loop over again. But the at only the different same time, that, yeah. that makes her, that's why she's so distant from the group, and that's why she's acting so crazy is because she knows. <laughs> and I, I, and I, at the same time, I don't think she necessarily knows. Knows. I, 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 I imagine there's some disorientation on on her part as well. Right. Uh, I don't think she's fully cognizant when she when she goes on the boat. I, yeah. I, I think uh, with each loop starting again, she sort of has that. No, that was all like a dream. You wake up from a dream, yeah. and within a few minutes, you've forgotten that dream. Yeah. But you'll remember pieces of it later in the day. It yeah. sort of echoes like deja vu. Yeah. It's a fairly cool psychological angle to play in the movie, and a pretty juicy role for Melissa George. Um, <laughs> I think there's one of the crew members, I don't remember his name, but one of the first people killed, and it's one note in the movie that just doesn't ring true to me. Uh, he's a very big guy, and Melissa George kind of shoves him against a wall, saying, oh. why won't you believe me? And he just gets, like, impaled in the back of his head. He gets killed oh. accidentally by her. And I just, something about that didn't read real to me. Um, but then the next loop started, and, <laughs> you know, there, is. <laughs> there he is again, and we start anew. Um, there was something about that performance or about the execution of that death. That, that, hmm. that was the one sort of miscue for me in the movie. Hmm. But... This is a rare thing for me in that I don't know that I fully understand every corner of this movie. I don't know that all of the loops make sense or when she walks into the room full of bodies of herself mm-hmm. or, you know, um, what all of that implies or what that means or if it makes 100% sense. But I don't care. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is fascinating and I want more people to see it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I can see how some people would walk away from it saying, well, this was just gobbledygook. There was, you know, no beginning, no middle, no end. There's a Stephen King short story uh, with a similar sort of idea called that feeling you can only say it in French, which I assume is déjà vu, hmm. which is basically a husband and wife in a car having a conversation about déjà vu, and then a husband and wife in a car having a conversation about déjà vu, and then a husband and wife in a car <laughs> having a conversation. Uh, they're stuck in this loop. In the in the Stephen King one, it's a fairly benign but horrible loop because. As the wife's slowly starting to realize they're repeating, she's also starting to realize she doesn't know how to do anything about it. In this scenario, Melissa George slowly realizes what's going on and tries to do things about it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what we see is her struggle. Um, and I guess the po- possibly unsatisfying thing about it is that that struggle is not over when the credits roll. <laughs> she's yeah. still trying to puzzle it out. And that's probably the essence of horror <laughs> yeah i mean you could complain about it or not but in the end and i think so that it makes it more of a memorable movie yeah. that she doesn't go home it and hug her kid and everything and it's okay. unsettling <laughs> and in the end that's that's the essence of horror yeah 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 it's it stays with you and it and it unsettles yeah yeah uh Christopher Smith only did one other movie after this one, uh, Black Death, and now he's been doing a lot of TV oh. in, 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 in England, and I really want him to get back to making horror movies, well, because uh, yeah. <laughs> he gives good movies. He's talented. <laughs> he does, yeah, he's a talented fellow. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Triangle? That sums it up very nicely. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, I don't know if the movie makes any sense, but I love it. First people that crossed this desert, they didn't know where they were. Yeah, I can because neither do we. Hey, get up. Tell me again why we couldn't fly like normal people. Don't see too many travelers around here. Where are y'all headed? San Diego. Yeah, have a safe trip. Now on to the feel-good comedy, <laughs> The Hills Have Eyes 2006, a, a, a fun romp about a family misadventure in the Arizona desert. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would have described it as well. Uh, this is a remake of a Wes Craven film made in the 70s, one of his earliest films. And now and I regret not seeing that. Yeah. I really uh, haven't seen that. I really regret not... I, I can lend it to you yeah? if you'd okay. like to, okay. if you'd like to see my list it. Now. I do have it. Um, uh, it is very faithful to it. Uh, Aja, Alexander Aja, the director and co-writer, uh, it was one of his favorite movies growing up. Okay. And to grow up and be offered a chance to remake it was just <laughs> a, a, a dream come true as far as he was concerned. Uh, so he put a lot of love into this movie. 
Um, and it is fucking brutal. It I mean, as brutal. far as the violence and yeah. everything in it. And it's fascinating because for a movie that is as ugly and vicious and brutal as it is, it has a very solid cast. Um, Ted Levine, who made his fame from The Silence of the Lambs, playing Buffalo Bill, oh. is sort of the father figure of the family. Yeah. Kathleen Quinlan, who's come up many times on this podcast, mm. who's in um, Twilight Zone the movie and Event Horizon, and she's been in lots and lots of things. She shows up mm. as sort of the mother. Um, Emily DeRaven from Lost, uh, Australian actress. Uh, Aaron Stanford, um, who plays, I guess, our, our reluctant hero, uh, played Pyro. In X-Men 2. Oh, there's so a weird connection. connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Billy Drago, uh, who I actually think is not much of an actor, but does a decent job as being intimidating in here. Um, Robert Joy plays one of the uh, mutant people. <laughs> like, uh, it's crazy the amount of really solid actors that they got to be involved in this just vicious piece of bloodletting. Uh, what did you think of The Hills Have Eyes? Well, um, for the first half, I, I really liked it. Uh, like, I, li- I liked the brutality of it. I liked that it, they didn't pull any punches. I thought towards the end it just got really bombastic. So the basic plot is that this uh, this family, they're... Uh, they're heading out, whatever. They're on a family vacation. I can't remember exactly what, yeah. but they're they're, they're in driving across country and they're they're taking the scenic route. They're in the deserts and they stop at a gas station and they get told, "Hey, there's a shortcut. Why don't you take this shortcut?" Of course, this shortcut is right into um, a trap. Yeah, <laughs> I this guess. is an old mountain range uh, where there was a mining community and. Uh, in the 50s, presumably, they did a bunch of uh, nuclear testing out there. And they told the people to li- to leave, but a lot of people, instead of leaving, I guess, decided to hide in the mines. And as a result of all these bombs being set off, the few that survived have sort of turned into these hill people, these sort of mutant, inbred monstrosities. And they are very angry and violent. Yeah. They yeah. really are really bent on, on punishing and harming. And uh, for a while, I, I liked that. Like, I, I liked that there was a sense of that, the, that these that these antagonists would really do anything. Um, there's um, there's some creepy moments. There's you know where they're watching them sleep and that kind of th- kind of thing, and 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 in the trailer and that and attacking them. And uh, I really liked there, that there was a sense of. Of horror, like I really felt like this this movie wasn't going to pull any punches, and it doesn't. It, it was really going to really there's really going to create this fear and this harm. I mean, there's there's a baby involved where it's like, what are they gonna, how are they going to deal with this baby? Like, like you know, there's this real sense of menace and danger, and that the stakes are really high, um, which which. Which I, I think in some ways kind of faltered when when the tables kind of turned when it like there's sort of a midway point and they sort of wake up the next day and they and they decide okay well we we're gonna, gonna fight go, back. we're gonna we're gonna fight back it I is think, a one way beating for a large portion of this movie um, the the family is just brutalized and brutalized horrible event after horrible event happens I think maybe where you and I differ is in the second half when the 
scales finally start to turn in the favor of this family, I was completely in it and on the, the, their side where I wanted to see this evil be punished oh. because, <laughs> my God, the infamous sequence, and it's infamous both in this film and the original, of the initial raid on the, on the trailer, the, their, their vehicle has been completely incapacitated. They're basically huddled in the shade that they can find, and uh, they're stuck overnight in the desert. And uh, the, the father figure decides to go try and get some gas and some help, and he ends up getting strung up and lit on fire. And while the men of the group run to put out the fire and try to uh, fruitlessly rescue the old man, the women are left in the trailer. And what proceeds is probably one of the more horrific sequences that I can think of ever, mm -hmm. both in this movie and in the original, because, um, you, you know, it, it's, it, it sort of subverts the whole, you know, the men are going to go out and protect the women and that's what they're off thinking that they're doing. Right. Uh, but instead the, the women are left vulnerable and to defend themselves and uh, a fight ensues, particularly for this mother is fighting to get her baby. And, uh, Remarkably, she does not win the the battle, and uh, she fights really hard for it, and uh, she does not go quietly into that good night. But not only is you know she killed, not only is the mother and father of this family killed, and not only do the men have to come back and you know find you know the younger brother finds his mother dying, his sister raped, and his sister-in-law with her brains all over and the baby missing. <laughs> this is what they come back to. Uh, just describing it uh, is horrific. To actually see it play out is even more so. Uh, there's a scene in this movie where the mutants hold a gun to a baby's head. And that shit is just crazy. To just even see it is just crazy. Um, and uh, because it's not just a group of yokel teenagers or, you know, type 1, type 2, type 3, it's mom, it's dad, it's sister, it's brother. It's a family who we get to know and like and whose dynamic we understand. When people start getting killed off, it's not like, oh, just another one's taken off the board. It's like, this is family. Every death is devastating to the group, you know. The stakes are impossibly high for me, and I think that's what makes this movie really, really work. Uh, I think that I'd have a hard time recommending it to anybody but the most, you know, hardcore horror movie fan. Uh, but uh, I think it is actually pretty, pretty damn well executed. Um, and as much as it made me feel outraged and disgust, it was, I was, my emotions were being manipulated. I was being handled by these filmmakers. <laughs> Um, I almost felt like I needed to get up on my feet while I was watching this movie <laughs> and shake my fist at the TV saying, get him, get him. And when you're doing that, you're involved. <laughs> so Yeah, and I, and I think that's maybe why it fell apart for me, because I, I felt exactly that. And when it comes time for revenge, what distracted me was that everything just seemed over the over the top, the the acting and the music and everything, just the final half of the movie, the the revenge sequence, just seemed so almost hammy and bombastic and and I dare say jingoistic, like it felt like really pro America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, the, if 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 I don't know really why, like initially, like when you watch the credits or the opening sequence in that, I, I sort of had this fear that it was sort of going to be this. Uh, morality tale 
Yeah, well, like, oh, well, look what we've done. Black and white footage of all the bombs going off. Right? Oh, look at our hubris. No. Yeah, exactly. If There's I actually literal it, footage yeah. of, of mutants from, 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 from the fallout. Yeah. yeah. But if I had any sympathy for these people, um, it was gone. Well, after yeah. The raid on the uh, on the trailer after you know they killed that woman. And, oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. Raped the other woman and, and left the mother for dead and stole the baby. Any sympathy? Oh yeah. Well, you hated them absolutely. Yeah. Please die. Please it just die. seemed <laughs> like um, the moral of the story became more like America can do no wrong. Like really? He, 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 yeah. It just, I don't know. It just seemed like, yeah, sure, we, we created these mutants, but USA. I would say that I completely <laughs> disagree with you and you're wrong, but one of the mutants is literally killed literally by an American killed flag. killed with an American flag, um, yeah. So maybe that's there. Uh, the the writer-director is very French. It doesn't seem hmm. like uh, the, something that he would deliberately include, but I guess I see where you would get that. It just I did. didn't. This seemed like revenge yeah. to me. This seemed like, oh, it did, you yeah. hurt my family, so I'm going to hurt your family. There was just some kind of level there which just, just made it just seem a little bit, yeah, uh, just just a little over the top. So I couldn't quite appreciate it. I'm glad that he got revenge on his family. <laughs> yeah. But the, the way it played out uh, just uh, just seemed a little bit too, uh, too over the top. Uh, one other thing I will say is that uh, the special effects in the movie I think are really good. Mm. And it's a really good illustration of the best of both worlds. I can, I'm guilty. I will complain about uh, computer effects, especially bad blood effects that is CG just really bother me. Um, I'm a big believer in prosthetic effects. Use the makeup. I love the makeup. And what Aja does, and I think uh, to a great effect in this movie, is he uses both. There's practical effects on set on the scene, and for any of the soft areas around it, anything that's not too uh, quite convincing enough or that sort of reads as makeup, they cover that with the CG. And the blending of it, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. works really, really well. And they also do it on some of the mutants' face. There's those little mutant kids that we see briefly. Oh, yeah. And when they shot the kids, they were just normal kids sitting in a room delivering the lines. They went in with the computer and morphed their faces uh-huh. to make, you know, one eye bigger or their face just somehow off. Okay. Um, and I think that those effects really, really, really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. in, in a way that a lot of, like I say, modern horror movies that over-rely on CG just don't. Um, uh, this movie, the emotional end worked very strongly for me. The effects worked very strongly for me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not high art. It's hard to say, you know, it's anything about people dying badly. But it is well made. It's well made, and it's it's uh, it draws you in, and makes you angry, and it horrifies. Yeah. What more do you want? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, of all of these trips, and maybe this is a discussion for once we've finished all of the reviews, but, like, if you were going to be forced into one of these scenarios, I think this is my least favorite. I think this is my least favorite thing to have to deal with. They're all um, horrible. They're all horrible, but... Yeah. This, yeah, I think this is might be the one, yeah. Pretty fun. They robbed us. What did they take? Our money, our credit cards, our passports, everything. We have no way out of here. Just go, just go. It's not good for you in town. Where are we going? There's a house of his uncle, and he says that it's very safe for us there. Hello? Hola. Who the hell are these people? 
sure. Okay, we're going to talk about a film called Touristas, which came out in 2006. It's directed by John Stockwell. Um, this is uh, another sort of backpackers in peril type of movie. Uh, during the introduction, I think we talked about it as like a, sort of a hostel taken a little bit more seriously. <laughs> um, as far as, well, this has less to do with torture, although there is an element of it. But as far as kids getting themselves into a horrendous situation, yeah. fairly unknowingly. Sort of a cautionary tale, I'd say. Um, this guy directed uh, films like Blue Crush and Into the Blue and uh, a Halle Berry uh, shark picture called uh, Dark Tide. Um, he seems to be a fan of you know films that involve a lot of underwater work. Um, and there is some elements of that. There's a really good sequence of suspense, I think, in this film, in caves, Mm -hmm. in these sort of underwater caves that really work well. Um, But yeah, plot-wise, basically, we have a group of uh, young American tourists in Brazil uh, who are having an off-the-beaten-path adventure, which is always a really good idea. There we go. um, Who find themselves drugged robbed and abandoned on an obscure beach and that's when their problems really start <laughs> really it's just downhill from there what did you think of Teresa's Mr. Stiller you know what I uh I was maybe this isn't quite the word for a movie of this ilk but pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. uh I was really worried that it would be sort of a, a glorification of Torture and sort of tactless slasher movie. That, yeah. But it really played almost, almost straight. If that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it was it was a movie. There was there was a bit of excess in it, but uh, I really sort of felt like it was the story of a group of young American backpackers who get caught in a situation um, where there are people that. Not well. I mean, they they get caught in a bad situation, but it's it's not necessarily for anything that they've done wrong necessarily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they probably could have been a little bit more careful and a little less trusting of yeah. all of these locals. But and the people who are, are harming them aren't necessarily doing it just to harm them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but but uh, there's a sense of there's a there's a certain sense of. If you're talking about the mad doctor, if you're talking about the mad doctor, I actually might disagree with you. (laughs) Well, he 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 takes it to the extreme, but it was more grounded than I expected. Um, I accepted his rationalization. (laughs) I I still think that he was convincing himself, convincing himself more than anything. People on the tables. Um, It 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 didn't quite go where I thought it would go. Um, There was a little bit more. Um, hope in the movie than, than I expected. I, the body I really, count is lower than I anticipated. That's, that's uh, what really threw me off. Yeah. The level of sleaze is a little bit lower than I anticipated. <laughs> All of the advertisement for this was like bikini babes, you know, tits and ass and blood, come see it. And it does have tits and ass and blood, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it takes its time. We get to know the characters, we yeah. get to know where the, the dynamics of the group, we know where they are in the world, and we know what's happening to them and why. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
they don't do anything that's out and out stupid, other than like I say, being way too trusting of certain people in the first third of the movie, and, and they get cured of that pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, what? what is world travel if not just trusting people who you shouldn't trust? And say what you will, and here comes the big spoiler section, but we're going to get, it goes into the world of organ trafficking. Mm -hmm. The evil in this movie is somewhat motivated. Mm -hmm. They're not just kidnapping people and torturing so them for their own sadistic pleasure. Good, but they uh, are, are being righteous about it. Much like Hostel, there's a little bit of cultural vengeance being dished out, you know. Uh, they don't like these Americans coming and being drunk assholes in their country, you know. So, uh, and taking and taking and taking. So, stealing a few of them and, and, and killing them and harvesting their bodies for organs is some sort of gesture to measure the scale. But, yeah, this doctor that you, were, you brought up earlier who is doing these surgeries keeps on talking about this like he talks he's doing a surgery on this woman and talking to a guy who's strapped to a table who's clearly going to be next and what is that if not torment mm -hmm. so like <laughs> he doesn't have to do that he doesn't have to justify himself he's going to do it anyway right so that's why i sort of felt like he was talking to himself this is a completely evil thing to do so he's telling himself it's okay to do while he's cutting the liver out of a woman while she's still alive. While someone is watching and, and knows that he will be next. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but there is, again, and the fact that there's the guy is awake and knowing he's going to be next is torment. It's torture more than it would be if he was pulling out the dude's fingernails. <laughs> and it makes him a really hateful, hateful villain. Um, Earlier in the film, there's uh, before we get to the organ harvesting, when things are just going a little bit bad, uh, I think where I knew that this movie was, was more than I didn't expected it to be, uh, there's a scene where they're diving into the water, and a, a friend I made, a local, has a brutal hit on the bottom of the rock floor, mm. and it just splits his head wide mm. open. And it is a grisly wound. <laughs> the, the whole sequence is just terrible. And they go fall over all over themselves to try and help this guy. <laughs> and in typical horror movie fashion, no good deed goes unpunished. But it was at that point in the movie where I kind of realized, you know, this isn't just sort of another slice and dice sleaze fest. There is some intelligence here. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they've got Olivia Wilde and uh, 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 Melissa George, scantily clad to keep the boys paying attention. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, I think it, it's sort of in, like I say, a similar vein of the hostel, but in uh, taking itself a little bit more seriously. Uh, and maybe that's okay. Maybe we shouldn't be laughing at people being tortured. <laughs> you know, yeah. this, uh, you know, it, it's entertainment, but it's not, this isn't a positive thing. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys who's like, hey, the, the, that woman was just slowly tortured to death. High five. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And uh, it's kind of interesting that this movie advertised itself as that and then turned it out to be much more than that. Mm -hmm. Um that said, it's not amazing. <laughs> uh, it's, it really sort of wins points for being better than it has any business being. Yeah, I think so. I, th I think I think the fact that it transcends that torture porn genre... Um, and it's not about the torture as much as it is about... Or, or the torment. It is that a makes character sense. study, almost. It's a, it's a, it, you actually get to know these people. They're in a situation. And it follows... It's, itself through to the end yeah yeah um they're also smart like yeah. i say they they once they start turning the tide you know 
they don't go back to get somebody who they know is clearly dead, yeah. <laughs> which in any other horror movie they they would, yeah. you know. Um, and I was surprised by the amount of people who made it out. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. typically, how many horror movies do you see where only one? Yeah, or two I re- yeah. Made it out? If if you had put this before me and said so who do you think will survive I would have said well that one pretty one yeah <laughs> who's the top billed female actress yeah. <laughs> Melissa George will probably live through the movie. yeah <laughs> right? uh, um, and uh, it subverts your expectations and uh, I think that is a good thing mm-hmm. I think there, there's probably a few creeps out there who rented this movie expecting to see lots of tits and lots of brutal violence and sort of were like pouty and disappointed um, <laughs> oh. this movie ended up being you know there's a just enough tits just enough violence <laughs> but it is the, it is about something it and, and actually, that's the yeah. line for me if, the, between making an interesting you know slasher horror movie and a derivative one mm-hmm. is it about something more than just the violence and I would argue that Teresa's is is it so. super deep no. No. But it certainly doesn't make me want to have an off-the-beaten-path adventure in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly was pleased that that sadistic doctor got some payback got eventually. Come up and... um, but really, for the amount of torment, you, you assume with those cages and this little system they have, he's done this a lot. Yeah. And uh, cutting people open and taking their organs from them while they're alive is uh, it's pretty evil. Pretty yeah. damn evil. It is a little bit. It is, yeah, maybe more than a little evil. And I, <laughs> I hate to say, it, but I, man, I don't know what I'll do next time I travel. <laughs> There's also the the sort of banal evil that they encounter too. Like when they're initially drugged, they're having a great party. They're meeting great friends. They found this cool place of piece of paradise, and then all of a sudden, everything in the bar gets a little surreal. And then all of a sudden, they wake up. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> on this beach and the first place that they go for help uh, this nearby village everyone they're talking to is wearing their clothes <laughs> like these are the people that stole their stuff and not only are they you know not admitting to it when it's obvious it was them they're being cruel and belligerent to these people over and above that that sort of uh, you know outrage <laughs> just like you know they're your best friends when they need to be your best friends, and uh, when they don't need to be your best friends, they don't give a shit about you, right? Yeah. Um, and that's interesting, because that's the sort of perspective that most of these villains take of the Americans. That on a one-to-one basis, the Americans don't give a shit about us. But they proved earlier on in the movie, when that kid hurt himself doing the cave diving, that they did give a shit about people, right? There's stuff going on here, is what I'm saying. Really? Uh, you know, uh, I'm not a huge fan of this director. This may go down as like his his best film, <laughs> but you know his other films have shark attacks in them. So I watch that. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I've taken over the review. Sorry, what else? Uh, no, I, I no, I think uh, I think we we're pretty much in agreement with with this movie. It's um, it's not as sadistic and glorifying of of uh, of uh, the infliction of pain as it could have been. It was more like it was, it was almost like just like a real movie. It wasn't about the violence. Yeah. It was about the horror. Man, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it seems like a thin compliment, but it isn't. I yeah, mean, no, it's uh, a completely decent flick. It, 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 that's definitely what uh, what. Uh, 
what impressed me about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hello? We're lost. We're looking for a phone. not least a wrong turn uh, this is a uh, horror movie directed by Rob Schmidt it stars Desmond Harrington Eliza Dushku who's a favorite of Yoss Whedon's at least in his TV uh, years um, Emmanuel Chirqui Jeremy Sisto uh, and a Canadian actor named Julian Richings uh, who, I'm a, who I'm a fan of Oh, funny. he played uh, Bucky Haight in Hardcore Logo. Oh, if you've seen the sci-fi thriller Cube, he gets cubed in the first two minutes of that movie. Uh, he plays uh, one of the big bads in the film called uh, Three Finger. And he's the skinny guy who him. makes oh. all the squealy noises. But who's he in this movie? Is he's he he's called film? he's called Three Finger. He's the guy who climbs up in the trees and makes all the terrible squealing noises in this movie. In Wrong Turn, he climbs in the trees make squealy noises? Yes. And <laughs> I do recall them in the trees. Squealy noises? He's the smallest of the of the of the three main baddies that we see. Oh, okay, sorry, villain, sorry. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Oh. Huh. Interesting. Uh, anyway, it, it's funny because if you watch Canadian television or Canadian movies, you know Julian Richings. You see him in lots of stuff. And in this movie, he's buried under layers of prosthetics. Okay. And he seems to be having a really good time <laughs> playing this freakazoid. Anyway, I just wanted to mention this big aside. I just wanted to mention some Canadian content here. Good, good, good. <clears throat> um, basically, uh, Eliza Dushku plays uh, Jessie. And she's recently been dumped by her boyfriend. So... Her friends, uh, Carly, Scott, uh, and uh, Evan and Francine are going to take her out to the woods to get her away from the big shitty and get her away from her ex-boyfriend and try and blow up some steam and get well. <laughs> Unfortunately, they have uh, a car accident with uh, Desmond Harrington, uh, sort of a young up-and-coming business dude who was on his way to a very important date, and he decided to take this shortcut and took a wrong turn. Wrong turn. There's uh, the wrong He turn. crashes into their van, destroys their mode of transportation and their bicycles, which were strapped to the back of it, and essentially strands them all in the middle of this uh, Virginia wilderness. And they decide to walk and find help. Except for two of them who stay behind, because there's a really naughty girl who wants to have they sex with her boyfriend. And get stoned, Guess what um, happens to them, ladies well. and gentlemen? <laughs> That's wow! That it really hits all the notes. Doesn't this is it? a shockingly uncomplicated horror movie. <laughs> it was really like uh, uh, it's pretty by the books. Yeah, it is by the books, but I also do think that it does bring some interesting stuff to the table as well. I think that they get a solid cast, and um, I think that they embrace the cliches in a way that make me kind of enjoy them. It makes me sort of like, this movie knows that it's hitting all the marks. This happens and this happens and this happens, you know. There's going to be a heroic death. There's going to be one character who's really bad and she's going to die first. And there's going to be, you know, these very familiar elements. But, on top of that, 
there was a couple of moments where I was genuinely surprised. What did you think of uh, Wrong Turn? Not Joyride, but Wrong Turn. Not Joyride. This is not Joyride. Could you get past the fact that it wasn't Joyride enough to enjoy Wrong Turn? Because I I would have to say that um, overall I didn't enjoy it. Um, I mean, not not to tilt my hand too much, but uh, I just didn't engage with this movie. It just did not draw me in. I don't know if it was because the lead actors were just too attractive. <laughs> they definitely were pretty. They're just people. like almost like like made in a lab kind of like <laughs> yeah. this is like this is what an attractive person should look like. These robots, um, um, and I and I think overall um, it might have felt just a little too polished for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I don't know it, uh, maybe the directing and the editing and and cinematography just just seemed a little bit too clean for me. Um, I just it was about a half hour and two murders in, and I was still waiting for the movie to start. Huh. I, I don't I don't know if something is wrong with me that it didn't it didn't draw me in emotionally, but uh, it didn't mm-hmm. for so, somehow some reason. It just did not draw me in. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I totally understand this being an acquired taste movie, and uh, maybe it caught me on the right day. But uh, like I said, even though I completely identify that this is a formula movie, you could this could have almost been written by a computer. <laughs> uh, there was a few things. First of all, I want to just give credit to some a couple of the kills. There's a couple of really well done, over the top kills. I'm uh, thinking of. One woman who gets the top half of her head cut off while she's in a tree, which was pretty impressive. Um, and, and two scenes that genuinely surprised me. There's a scene where they're hiding a bunch around a bunch of uh, abandoned cars that have clearly been looted by these hill folk. And uh, Desmond Harrington, the character who had caused the car accident, says, I will draw these guys in the other direction and you guys run away. Uh, you know, trying to sort of be hero and... and in some small way make up for the fact that he is responsible for getting them into this. And he runs to lead them in the opposite direction, and he takes about three steps, and he gets shot in the leg, <laughs> and he's down, and they have to very suddenly re... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. another one says, well, well I guess I'll, I'll I, draw them off. I guess, it's I, become, I guess I'll draw them it's off. It's become yeah. my job now. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, Again, the police showing up at an inopportune time and probably uh, not lasting long, that's something that happens in, in a lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. But never have I seen it with such rapidity. <laughs> <laughs> the police officer literally gets out of his car and says, Are you the kids that radioed? We've been looking for, tr- for, for you for hours. And they respond, Please, help us. People have been killed. And he says, Who's been killed? And then is struck in the face with an arrow and drops dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I, did I expect the cop to live through the movie? Of course not. But did I expect him to get hit in the face with an arrow just then? No, I didn't. Um, and it didn't so much bring a scare or a shriek out of me as a like, that just happened. You know? <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I had a smile on my face while I watched this movie. Maybe that says bad things about me. <laughs> but... Uh, I had a smile on my face. I think for me, where it gets a little hanky is the very, very last few minutes, the climactic sequence where 
everyone's been dead, been killed except for one girl and one one guy, and she's been taken hostage and is going to die a cruel death by these hill folk. And he shows up with the pickup truck and gasoline to dispatch them. And it's at this point, and only at this point in the movie, as far as I could tell, that it is made clear to us that these hill folk are unkillable. (laughs) (laughs) Until this point in the movie, you could say, okay, they are inbred hill people, and they're crazy, and they're cannibals. But then they start getting hit in the axe, like in the spine with an axe, <laughs> and getting up and fighting more, or getting like exploded or crushed, or thrown out of a, you know, a hundred foot treetop, and getting up, dusting themselves off, and coming back for more. And the movie doesn't take a beat to say these are zombie hill folk. They just are like, well, we no, gotta fill 85 minutes so they're not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's almost an absurd comedy. <laughs> in that, uh, you know, that, I should watch it again <laughs> as a comedy. Yeah. Maybe you should take a look at it again in that in that light. I mean, and and. In a, in a not winking comedy, right? <laughs> they're not showing you their hand, but but, but they're having fun. Uh, this is not a smart movie. It's a fun movie, and. Uh, you know, that you're, you're talking to a guy who has all of the Friday the 13th movies and all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, and uh, so if I can put up with that, I can certainly put up with Wrong Turn. <laughs> it's completely adequate <laughs> as a horror movie, I think. Um, but I seem to be in the minority because <laughs> most anybody I've recommended the movie to has ended up looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> so... Take it with a yes, grain of salt. I think you're was. crazy. <laughs> uh, I also points to Eliza Dushku. Um, she's attractive. As we've talked about, there's no shortage of very attractive women in the series of movies. But there's something about her voice. She's, she's, she looks very young in this movie, probably like in her early 20s or something like this. But she's got this weird chalky cigarette vodka. Oh, yeah. She's been smoking <laughs> and drinking for years. Uh, which uh, is, is sexy it's now. It's sexy now. The older she gets, the less sexy it will be. It's nice and precocious now. Um, and uh, my wife is a big Jeremy Sisto fan. Oh, I like him too, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's... Again, doesn't have a lot to oh, do. Oh, not in the same way as your wife does. Yeah, yes. right. uh, no judgment. Uh, he he's completely fine in the movie, but again, doesn't have a whole lot to do. Um, yeah, I, I I guess I don't want to oversell Wrong Turn. Please either, don't. But I don't want to undersell <laughs> it either because I think it's like I said, completely adequate. <laughs> so uh, uh, let your if you want to have fun with the movie, you can let yourself you know, turn your brain off and watch some. You know, hill folk kill some pretty people. Uh, that'll do. Uh, Hills Have Eyes is way better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. This is like Hills Have Eyes sort of uh, goofy little For, for cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The cable TV permutation of Hills Have Eyes. Is there anything else you want to say about Wrong Turn? Nope. Nope, that's all.
So there it was. That is six bad tripped movies. Yeah. Uh, Ranked, or no, well, reviewed and about to be ranked. About to be ranked. Uh, so thanks for coming back. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't get your joyride and that I you said you got your wrong deal. Okay. I'm still not entirely convinced that it wasn't your disappointment at the lack of Steve Zahn that made you hate wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't guarantee that, but at the same time... Uh, I am very curious to hear what is your ranking of okay. these six movies. All right, well, let's just dive in. Okay. <laughs> um, and again, I can't necessarily guarantee that it wasn't because it wasn't Steve Zahn and Lily Sobieski, <laughs> but number six is Wrong Turn. Fair enough. I just did not engage with this movie at all. I, I don't know if in the hands of another, another director the the it would be more interesting, but just nothing about it made me want to watch it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how else to put it, but uh, that does not sound like a ringing endorsement to me. But hey, if you liked five out of the six, that's pretty good. There we go. <laughs> okay, so that's number six. All right, number five, and I hate to say it because I really started out really enjoying it, and well, enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the right. Word. If that's the right word for the hills have eyes. I, I, it, it, it grabbed me, and I really enjoyed the story and I really enjoyed that it, it didn't pull any punches and that it was genuinely horrifying but it just took a turn for the um it just became so over the top I could not I could not appreciate it at all the characters and the acting and the music and and the way it played out just it just seemed so 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 little much too much uh it was just too much it just played it played it too hot oh oh and um before i forget uh a link to Teristas. Mm-hmm. uh the big brain fella is desmond askew who oh, played the right. british uh, tourist interesting so there's there's a connection there so hills with eyes hills he hit the hills have eyes is number five easy for you to say <laughs> Uh, uh, coming in at number four is Touristas, and I I thought about rating this higher uh, because I felt it was actually kind of a solid, enjoyable movie. It's not what you think it is at all. Um, I mean, it does have scantily clad women and brutal violence, but it's not goofy and it's not uh, sleazy necessarily. Yeah. Uh, it's a fairly straight horror movie, um, yeah. sort of packaged as a fairly sleazy one. I I I. I I thought that maybe I wanted to rate it higher because it it didn't go that route. Right. That it that it didn't play like that. It wasn't like how oh, these people are being tortured. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's like look at this horrible situation these people found themselves in. And doesn't it make you think how easy it is to get yourself into terrible situations? Yeah. I still didn't want to rank it higher than it should for what it wasn't. Right. <laughs> Number three is Vacancy. Um, and I really wrestled between Vacancy and Ruins because I liked them almost equally and I had the same kind of problems with them equally. Okay. Yeah. So number three, Vacancy, was a solid horror movie. It, it kept you going. It drew you in. It uh, it ran you through to the end. You felt disturbed. And uh, it had the kind of ending where you kind of felt... In the end, they're both better people. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, their marriage is on the rocks, but they killed yeah. a couple of crazy <laughs> ass crazy filmmakers, yeah. and it really relit the fire. I bet you they had the best sex of their lives when they and, got out of the uh, hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they just said, hey, you know what, let's just rethink this whole relationship. I think, let's give it another chance. But yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie, and... Uh, and uh, apart from a couple things where, I, like I said, really, Are you sh- should you be doing that? But that's that's horror. Yeah, that's horror. Happens a lot. It's a hard thing to get around. Yeah. So number two, ruins. Um, again, I, I I sort of wrestled. It feels really weird that this is at number two on my list of six because I don't necessarily think it's a great movie, but it is a consistent movie. It's a disturbing movie. There were some scenes where. I really felt the horror of the situation, right. um, and like I say, I really hated the antagonistic plants <laughs> by the end. Really, really bothered by them. Yeah. Like, really bothered by some of the final scenes. Yeah. Really, really, really bothered by them. Um, so, maybe that's why it's number two on my list, and... Um, and an interesting concept, really. It's something that really... Fairly original as yeah. far as the adversary, anyway. The dynamics of the group going crazy I'd definitely seen before, but not the man-eating plants and not the that atmosphere of complete, horrible <laughs> isolation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And number one, uh, the tr- uh, Triangle, yeah. which uh, I felt was a really solid and disturbing movie. It, it was one of those movies that really... Is unsettling, um, and solid and consistent and well directed and edited. Um, every everything which you think is, it fits together. All the pieces. I, I think it's. I think it's a well again a well crafted movie. That I think maybe it's Christopher Smith's strong point is is a well crafted movie which you would have to have a real attention to detail and have to have a real strong vision for the movie to make a movie like this. Because maybe maybe there are a few scenes where the timing and such he might have cheated and tweaked a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, I think he went into this sort of knowing what he wanted to accomplish and and knowing what he wanted to happen. If you, look, I think he was, I think he was, I think he was solid about it. I think he really thought it through. If you look at Christopher Smith's movies, uh, you got uh, Creep. You've got uh, Triangle, you've got Severance, and you've got Black Death. I think they're all really good, and what's most impressive to me about them is that they're all very different. Um, so I completely endorse that you're, you're, you're selecting of uh, Triangle to rank that high. I mean, I'm a big Christopher, Christopher Smith fan, and uh, I'm sure he's a big fan of the podcast, so I would just like to take this <laughs> opportunity to say, please get out of British television and get back into the horror movie business, because... I dig what you do. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, I think so. you're going to find, Kevin, that uh, we have very, very different lists. Yeah, again. just from discussing uh, it. it it's yeah. interesting. Last time we met, we liked all of the movies. I don't think you liked all of the movies, but uh, because I liked them all, I found them very difficult to uh, to rank them. Hmm. This one, I liked them all, but I found less difficult to rank. Hmm. And... Uh, 
I like them all. They're not amazing films, you know. Um, this is the genre show most of the time we talk about horror movies. And uh, there is a template to them, just like there's a template to a romantic comedy. And if you're predisposed to the horror template, then maybe you'll like or dislike some of these movies more or less. So, uh, without further ado here, absolutely. So my number six film is actually Vacancy, <laughs> believe oh, yeah. it or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's completely competently made. There's a familiarity to it. Um, and uh, I, I, nothing new is reinvented here. I think if you had a weaker cast, this movie would be completely forgettable. I think that Frank Whaley and uh, Luke Wilson and, uh, and Kate Beckinsale kind of made a silk purse out of a sow's ear. <laughs> um, and uh, it's worth watching for that. Particularly Frank Whaley. I, I just really liked his kind of hard-to-read hotel <laughs> owner. I don't know. I, I got a kick out of him. I like the movie, but uh, it's just something had to be at the bottom. Uh, and the, I thought that Teristas was going to be at the bottom, but I got surprised by this movie. This is one of these movies I picked up for $2, right? And that sat on my shelf for a long time before I got around to watching it because I didn't have high expectations. And maybe because I had such low expectations, I liked it more. <laughs> um, but uh, this is Hostel taken seriously. Um, and uh, again, without reinventing the wheel, adequate, entertaining, and eerily plausible. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, maybe they wouldn't be as evil as <laughs> they are portrayed here. But it just seems like if you're in a, a place that's far away and, uh, <laughs> and and you get mixed up with the wrong group of people, you are out of reach of any help. Even if you had a phone and could call the authorities, they are either corrupt <laughs> or they don't speak your language. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just seems like the odds are so stacked against these American tourists and uh, that sort of culture of hate against them. <laughs> so... <laughs> Ranking all the way at number four, shockingly, is Wrong Turn, which is as dumb as a bag of hammers. And I would never say anything otherwise, but I don't know. Maybe it's an exclusive to Larry thing, but I had a smile on my face pretty much this whole movie. Um, I was being spoon-fed, and I realized this, but uh, it was fast, uh, it was you know fun, and it was goofy. Uh, it gets pretty rocky, like you said, in, in the third act, and it kind of bugged me that they became sort of zombies, the, the villains at the end of it, but uh, this is a good, efficient popcorn movie for my money, um, and uh, I'm in the minority, so take that into account uh, if, you're, if you haven't seen it and you're looking to check it out. I put The, the Ruins at, at number three, and... This might further blow your mind. I waffled at, at maybe ranking it lower. I think it's a really good movie. I think that it does everything that it means to do. But I also find it intensely unpleasant. <laughs> um, there is no fun to it. And uh, unlike uh, like the Hills of Eyes remake, uh, nothing measures the evil. It's like... It gets it's bad, and then it gets worse, 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 and then, gets worse, and then credits. <laughs> you know so I, I did find it kind of unpleasant and I'm not against movie, horror movies that have dark endings in fact a lot of my favorite horror movies have dark endings but it's you know usually those dark endings somehow feel right you know <laughs> like uh, 
Yeah, that that was just an utterly brutal ending, but I am satisfied by it. And this one is one of those movies where as good as it was, kind of felt like taking a shower after I watched it. <laughs> and it's not one of those ones that I feel like I'm going to return to again and again. Mm-hmm. Is it a good, well-made horror movie? Yes, it is. Um, and it's fairly unique, so I just couldn't quite reconcile ranking it lower than wrong. <laughs> but uh, I bet you, I, you know, in the end of my life, when I measure what I watched more, <laughs> I will have watched Wrong Turn more than I will have watched <laughs> The Ruin. Shocker, again for you, is that number two is The Triangle. Okay. Um, and I'm a big Christopher Smith fan, and I think you are now too, as mm-hmm. you officially quite oh, like yes. two of his films. Um, it's very original. I like the sort of uh, the, the Bermuda Triangle angle that seems less popular these days, so it seems weirdly fresh, even though it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of subjectivity to this film. A lot of the pieces you're going to have to put in place yourself. And if you're not willing to do that, or if you, you know, are too busy calling shenanigans on every corner that, that, that makes you furrow your brow, might not work 100% for you. But this is original. Melissa George is a great actress on top of being beautiful. And uh, I think you get your money's worth when you check out Triangle. <laughs> but this is pretty shocking, I know. <laughs> but I really do think for the level of emotional reaction that I was given... Like, as far as being emotionally invested and involved in this in the, in the movie, this remake of The Hills Have Eyes kind of blew my mind. Oh, wow, yeah. Like, I, I, I felt shaky mm-hmm. after I watched the movie. Like, I got, like, a burst of adrenaline from it, almost. And uh, and it was ick, too. And it was, it was genuinely horrifying. One of the main characters, you know, who's already been through so much, gets his fingers cut off. I was <laughs> like... Jesus, seriously? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I did that a lot in that movie. Now, you, if you've heard the review and you've heard us talk about it, you probably know whether this movie is to your taste or not. But I surprised myself in ranking number one, The Hills Have Eyes, a movie that does contain ridiculous violence and even a rape, which I typically is just a... It really spoils the meal for me a lot of times. <laughs> Just uh, not big on rape as a rule. Um, but basically what we have here is one family who trespasses into the domain of another family and a very bloody and brutal war that ensues. And uh, this is the movie that makes me, you know, say, Alexandre Aja is a very talented film director and I keep waiting for him to make a movie as good as this and it keeps not happening. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, but as far as movies on the theme of bad trips, yeah, I'm going to give it to The Hills Have Eyes, unrated, (laughs) and uh, judge me if you must. It is now time for the Jerry Awards. Jerry time, Jerry time. Um, okay, well, um, we got a lot to cover here. I will give you some nominations. You will bring me. You will. You will call the winners. I will call the as winners. is your right. 
It's my and thank you for doing round two. Privilege is my right. Um, if you want, I will I will set aside the list that has Joyride in it so that no one else may. Okay, it. all right. So all right, you will good, get good. your chance to do Joyride someday. 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 <laughs> if you want to come back, you you do have the choice to say no. Well, you're also saying no to our friendship, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep that in mind. <laughs> the Jerry Awards um, for best death. I have nominated the cop in Wrong Turn, who takes the very sudden arrow through the face. Um, the gas station uh, attendant in the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, who f- seems to feel some regret over all of the bloodletting that he is somewhat responsible for and decides to shoot himself in front of the patriarch of the family. Pretty brutal moment. Uh, the Jonathan Tucker character in The Ruins, who's the doctor, who uh, bravely sacrifices himself in an attempt to save the Jenna Malone character. I thought it was a really good final confrontation, his whole speech of, I was going to be a doctor. I wanted to help people, you fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I, I do like those scenes that have that added weight where a character knowingly is going to their doom, and I thought that was fairly well done. Um, uh, the father figure in The Hills Have Eyes being basically crucified and burned to death in The Hills Have Eyes. And uh, once again, going back to your favorite, Wrong Turn, the uh, woman in the trees who gets a little bit taken off the top <laughs> by the by an axe gets basically um, her, gets her decapitated mouth level of her head. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. What was the best death of those groups of movies? I'd have to say The Burning Father. To, to me, that, that was the moment where you realize that they just the they don't just want to kill them they want to hurt them mess with their heads and yeah. hurt them so badly this is this is not just about snapping them off one by one this is about creating the ultimate level of suffering and they and, will get around to killing them and eating them oh yeah of but, course but yeah. in the meantime yeah that was it was just so spectacular and again one of the reasons which which initially the movie had so much much promise and potential for me it's like wow no punches here yeah this is a movie about just some bad people wanting to do bad things yeah yeah, yeah. so it was just so extreme and so beautiful yeah i thought it was a good death too i was sort of having seen the original i knew that ted levine was not long for this world mm-hmm. i did think he got caught very easily though oh. he's they, they set him up in this movie as being a tough guy and a history in the police force and uh he's firing wild shots for a while there mm-hmm. but uh it was a fairly spectacular death of mm-hmm. that there can be no mm-hmm. argument and i'm happy to give ted levine a, a jerry award <laughs> he's now a jerry award winning actor. <laughs> sweet uh so we're gonna jump over to uh the worst death. Yes, the the, the stupidest <laughs> death. You were dead because you were stupid. Award. That's yeah. uh, my award. Uh, I was going to mention the guy that Melissa George killed in Triangle. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that death that I said just didn't really convince me that much. She just seemed so small, and he seemed so big. He died way too easy. It's like the back of his head was made out of paper mache. But that was just a one maybe little, it was. Yeah, maybe that it one was. little scene in that movie that I kind of furrowed my brow at. But it, it was so good, I let the rest go. Um, <laughs> um, the mother in the the hills have eyes, who's trying to fight for her baby, who takes a headshot, and that's bad enough. But what's really horrifying is when her husband comes back and sees what's happened, and she has that last gasp moment. 
where you just dismissed her as dead because her brains are all over the place. But <laughs> she takes that last gasp and looks around, and, and uh, her husband tries to calm her, oh. even though she's just awful dead. So oh. that that's a pretty awful death. <laughs> it is. Um, one of the villains in vacancy, meeting his end at the front of a vehicle. I thought that was a pretty nasty death. <laughs> And uh, this, our Canadian boy, uh, Sean Ashmore, in The Ruins, who uh, plays with fire one too many times with that crazy chick and ends up wearing a knife in his chest. Well, the, yes, yes, and that's that's where I get the prize. So so maybe maybe some of your nominees were necessar- weren't necessarily... Stupid death. Stupid, but really... This one for me was... Basically what happened was he watches his friend get Cut. get a knife. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's trying to calm the girl she slashes out with a knife and he does the exact same thing what did he expect would happen what is the definition of insanity doing <laughs> the same thing over and over and expecting different yeah, results he got a knife in him and he should have seen it coming there was really no way he could not have gotten stabbed <laughs> at that point and so yes uh, but in a way death. it was almost a mercy because he had probably the easiest death of the movie yeah, well, there's that <laughs> yeah, you know you've really stepped in it when he's getting a quick knife in <laughs> the heart is a win a knife in the heart yeah so moving on to what the fuck moments oh um, wow I have the locals blowing the brains out of that first kid in the ruins when they... Uh, yes. There's just a yeah, shocking hey, hey, piece look, of violence. Hey, He's trying hey, to explain, look, happening. we don't mean any harm. Bang. Boom. Yeah. And it's really ugly. Like, yes. it's brutal. And uh, it goes from being uh, an argument to being yeah. something else. Yeah. Very suddenly, oh, this is what's happening. The finding of the tape in the hotel room in vacancy when they realize not only is this... Uh, not a film. Hey, this, uh, this is, is happening a here. Movie and that was shot in the hotel room are not alive anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yike. Uh, what the fuck moment for me is the hill folks becoming suddenly unkillable at the end of Wrong Turn. <laughs> uh, they seem to have been. You can wound them and slow them down earlier in the movie, but then in the last battle, they just become unstoppable. <laughs> And then we have the dead Sallies in uh, in Triangle. Yep. She uh, opens a door into a room full of corpses. And there we are. <laughs> There's my prize. That's that is the ultimate. I mean, it's consistent with the reality of the film, but, but it's so horrible. Yeah. And so disturbing. <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like to be that character <laughs> and come across that. Right. It's just so beautiful and disturbing. <laughs> All right, uh, the Dead Sally's. What the fuck, award-winning? Uh, so I guess that's Melissa George. Is she? On, uh, well, she no, I get technically the, the actor who plays the Sally. Is oh, right, the, the plays Sally, but because Melissa George is actually kind of unfazed by it, which, <laughs> <laughs> oddly uh, enough. Okay, so moving on to best villains, Christopher Smith gets the award for that. Christopher <laughs> Smith deserves it. Yes, uh, best villain. I have uh, Frank Whaley from Vacancy. I have Three Finger. We talked about Julian Richings. He was my favorite of the bad guys in Wrong Turn. Uh, Robert Joy, who is the uh, the mutant in The Hills Have Eyes, who's responsible for most of the uh, ugliest bits. He he rapes the Emil de, de Raven ah, character yes. and uh, kidnaps the baby and uh, is is one of the more difficult adversaries. I have the plants in the ruins and the surgeon in Teristas. Who's your best villain? I guess you're going, is this best villain you're voting for? Or yeah, or worst exactly. Villain yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I'd have to give it to the, to the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, they really were horrifying. They were bad. I mean, the, the, I, I think I think the acting was a little bit over the top, but uh, I think if I think maybe all of the characters kind of had that they played it to the hilt. I think if one of them had, and the, the, this main character. But yeah, uh, there were so many moments in that where it's like you know just this wildness to them. There's and no this, restraint. Exactly. The, the sense they could do anything. That scene where he pulls the head off of a bird <laughs> and squeezes its guts into his mouth. Like, <laughs> holy shit, you guys. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right. So Robert Joy from the House of Us. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the best ick moment in there's no shortage of uh, ick moments in these six movies. I, I don't know if it quite crosses over into the torture porn genre, but a couple of them come close. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, the that woman cutting those vines out of her leg and that just brutal sequence mm-hmm. and pulling them out of the muscle of her leg. It's just awful. <laughs> uh, the trailer attack sequence again in the hills have eyes, yeah. as I said, practically had me on my feet mm-hmm. the first time I saw it. I just could not handle what I was watching. <laughs> um, that uh, We discussed the organ donation sequence, where he's not just cutting these uh, organs out of this woman on the table, but explaining to the person who's up next and why I he's doing it. And I don't think she's anesthetized either. Or she, well, she wasn't she's squirming. Aware, right? I think, I think she was probably... I don't know how awake she was. She's they had aware, her on some kind He's of, aware. Yeah. And he's doing it because... Even if a part of her is awake, yep. it's, it's horrible. So, bluff. <laughs> Um, and again, I talked about them finding the hotel video in vacancy earlier, and for the ick moments, I'll say the hotel video itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a pretty good job in that found footage way of making that feel pretty real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's interesting sort of juxtaposition to how polished and stylish uh, the, the movie is, with all of these really named Hollywood people in it. That little movie, and it tells you, you know, no, they they know what they're doing. Yep. <laughs> Over and above this being a slick Hollywood studio production, yeah. they knew how to to get under your skin. And then the last ick moment I hear is the the bad girl in Wrong Turn getting strangled with razor wire. That's a particularly <laughs> bad way to go. All the things to get strangled with. <laughs> Why that? Uh, is any of those win for particularly yes. being? Yes. Uh, I'd have to give it to the ruins because because. It was at that moment when I when I saw her and her freaking out and seeing these these this under her skin that really won me over. That I thought, okay, you, you know, initially it's like a plant as the as the uh, as the antagonist, but when I saw where it culminated yeah. and just realizing just how horrible these creatures were, this plant was, uh, and and. Feeling that, <laughs> I really felt that moment. Just her standing there, panicked. I'm just gonna cut it out of me. Yeah, that's where that's, that's where the it, best possible solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Not since cutting off your own hand in in, <laughs> the, in the Evil Dead Two <laughs> has there been a more horrifying rational decision, which is completely the worst thing possible. <laughs> All right. This is the best way to end this. <laughs> Agreed. The, the those vines being cut out of her leg. Oh, pretty fucking so awful. horrible. <laughs> I need to drink here in a second. Uh, okay. Um, so we got two more to go. We got lots of Jerry's this week, but that's okay. Oh, really? Um, 
the most attractive female protagonist. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, we talked about this while we weren't rolling, but it was worthy of discussion. And it wasn't really something that I did consciously when I put these movies. I mean, I'm, horror movies will usually have a very attractive female lead, but this, these movies are just silly well, we've got with ridiculously attractive women. So pretty. Yeah. I got mm-hmm. Kate Beckinsale oh, listed here. Melissa George, Olivia Wilde, Elisa Dishku, um, and uh, Emily DeRaven, the blonde girl in... Amy? Hmm? In Amy in uh, Teresa's? Uh, no, uh, that was Olivia uh, Wilde. This was the uh, woman who got raped in, in The Hills Have Eyes. She oh. was in Lost. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not familiar with her with the actress, but... Uh, Emily, I believe, Emily but, DeRaven. Uh, but, a- but, uh, but not Olivia Wilde, but uh, Amy was the one who decided, you know what, I have to go, to go topless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was uh, kind of fun. I forgot but, my toppy, guys. Sorry. Is that right? <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> This is this is a difficult decision. <laughs> um, uh, we are a couple of dirty men, it's, so it's, I don't know if you're yeah. on the side or whatever. But I, I just, guess so. There was a lot well. of very very attractive women into these movies, well, and uh, that's part of the appeal, I guess. I mean, we're going to be honest. <laughs> and and, and I, I think maybe what what maybe we can have some reconciliation with this is that Melissa George in in Triangle was very. T- talented like she played that oh it was a very complex, as, as a complex role and 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 confused and then you get and then i then after that i watched teristas where she gets to play with her own accent and she gets to run in, around in a knit bikini and it's just like wow to, to go from this situation of seeing a, a strong lead character to just being able to appreciate that she's also a very attractive woman. You get both sides. So there we go. I, I will give Melissa George the award. Melissa George. Yeah. The hot hottie. With the English accent. Australian. Australian. Australian part of yes. the accent. Uh, same thing like Kate Beckinsale is really, really hot, but you throw that accent in there, it's yeah. just not fair. <laughs> it's, it's just it's not just, fair. It's not, how can you even deal with that? Um, I will say respectfully, you piggish man, that I agree with you. That was the George <laughs> was totally odd, and I guess if I had to give away this award, that's who it would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, there was some there was some nice swinging dicks in the show too. Yeah, <laughs> well, Jeremy Sisto really, really. Oh, and he's got that voice, that deep bass <laughs> voice. How can he not want? How can he not fall in love with yeah. that? Yeah, it just makes you feel safe. Yeah, it's know. exactly. If I had to have some arms <laughs> around me. Yes. And uh, last but not least, I guess we sort of touched on this in the review, but I thought I would throw this in here anyway. The worst trip. <laughs> oh. If, if you are going on a trip, would you like to go to the uh, Arizona desert, where you can meet the characters from the Hills Have Eyes? Would you like to go to the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle and possibly get stuck in an endless cycle of violence? Oh. Would you like to go to Mexico, to some ancient ruins, which are surrounded by murderous village people and uh, carnivorous vines? <laughs> uh, then you got the woods of deep West Virginia full of unkillable hill folk <laughs> or you have Brazil with the organ farming oh. or you have pretty much uh, middle America hotel room in vacancy yeah see a lot of those I've actually come close to experiencing <laughs> <laughs> so I've like been just like one half wrong decision <laughs> like I've already been at that point where if the world had just been a little bit more corrupt. <laughs> I would be 
on that table, or <laughs> I would be with those hill folk. But I'd actually have to say probably the worst trip, Triangle. Because it's endless. That that sense of just that like almost like a fever dream, really. And yeah. uh, I, I'd have to say, I guess because it goes on forever, it's probably the right. You kind of have to assume. Yeah. Um, the Hills Have Eyes would be the worst villains for me to want to deal with. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I think like if I if I had to choose one of these scenarios to put myself into, <laughs> which would suck. I think I would go vacancy. Vacancy, yeah. I think yeah. I could probably take Cause again, Frank Whaley Because I've probably fight. been there. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe maybe it was just like like I was there on the right day. But if I'd been the wrong day, I'm, I'm sure one of those hotel clerks would have, <laughs> yeah, would have gladly driven an ice pick into my head. Yeah. And if I, you were able to talk to that girl in the bar to come back to the hotel room, you might have been killed. But because you were, you were flying <laughs> just solo that night. Just because I just wasn't quite on my game that night. See, sometimes it doesn't sometimes pay to have a hottie with you. Right. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. Thank you so much for doing another episode of Rank in Review with me, Kevin. Well, it was my pleasure. Uh, I'm so glad I did another one. I'm glad you liked them, actually. I was kind of wondering how this would go when I was thinking about that list. I was like, I didn't know how into the, the red you were with these horror <laughs> movies, and uh, the gloves are off in a lot oh, of these. Oh, well, pain and suffering, that's... Uh... Yeah, your first choice when we first did it was horror comedy. It was horror comedy. So, so this was, this was know, far away from that. He's a little bit of a princess. <laughs> no matter how how much I stretched to cheat movies into lists. I just couldn't quite squeeze the ruins into horror comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't make me laugh. Um, is there uh, anything you want to say to the public out there if they want to get to know the Kevin Stillers of the world? I just want them to know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, gonna you guys. Okay. If you're in a dark place right now, just understand, you're just a person in your room making yourself crazy. <laughs> See? See, go watch a horror movie and just fucking blow it off. Catharsis. Catharsis. <laughs> Get out of your head and into some stupid horror movie. Exactly. <laughs> and I thoroughly enjoy Strong Turn. I'm the only one, apparently. <laughs> but someone <laughs> has the only it. one. And just like that, episode 18 is in the rearview mirror. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys again so much for listening and uh, encourage you to continue listening. If you have any feedback you'd like to give me or Kevin, um, please do so. You can do so at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. In the meantime, I will hopefully uh, be hearing from you guys again soon for another action-packed episode of Rankin Review.